0: Good morning, Church. Uh, It's my privilege to lead us in corporate prayer this morning. Uh, During the week, I was thinking, what should we be praying about and how should we be praying? And I had this sense that our whole community is being gripped by fear at the moment, and it's running through not just the secular areas, but the church as well. There's a huge sense of fear. So as we come to pray this morning... I just want us to reflect on a verse from Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. Let's pray. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, We come before you in prayer this morning, acknowledging in awe your power and holiness. We declare that all praise and honour are due to you. Thank you that you accept us as your children and that we can know your steadfast, unchangeable love, faithfulness and care. Heavenly Father, we ask your forgiveness for the times that we have failed to focus our lives on you. Forgive us for the times we have not followed the example of your son Jesus and not sought the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our daily walk. We confess our sins. Forgive our fears. The times when we have failed to trust in you fully. Forgive our pride. The times when we have thought more highly of ourselves than we should. Forgive our desire for control for times when we have forgotten that in all things you are the Lord. Forgive us for everything we have done, said or thought that has not been pleasing to you. We hand our failings and shortcomings to you confident that in all things you are willing to forgive us and that your plans and ways are always best, even when we may struggle to understand them. Cleanse us of anything that's not pleasing to you, in body, soul, and spirit. Give us strength, Lord, to walk away from evil, knowing that you desire our bodies to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we come before you to pray for our nation. We seek your forgiveness for the ways our nation has drifted from your principles and standards. Lord, our country seems to be losing its spiritual equilibrium, forgetting its Christian heritage and the values that have provided a sure foundation for our society. We pray that all who call themselves Christians will boldly promote your values and show others by word and deed the love that you have for them. We ask that godly men and women will be raised to positions of authority and influence within our community especially in the political realm. We pray for Christian leaders who grow weary in the face of opposition and ridicule. May they be given new strength and an ever-deepening awareness of your presence, despite the difficulties they face. Heavenly Father, we come before you to pray for families. Lord, we pray that the family unit will continue to stand strong within our community, We pray especially for each family unit represented here this morning. May each be a strong pillar offering support to those around them. We pray for married couples. May husbands and wives grow closer to you and learn to show support and tolerance for each other in all aspects of daily life. We pray for parents. May they be given wisdom and patience to nurture the children in their care from infancy to adulthood. We pray for infants, children and young adults. May they honour and obey their parents and grow in their understanding of your love for them and your unique direction for their lives. We pray for senior citizens. May they freely share their wisdom and experience with younger generations, offering guidance and encouragement. Lord, we also pray for those grieving the loss of loved ones and for others facing the sadness of broken or strained relationships. Lord, may those struggling to work through issues of loss, hurt and rejection know your love and find the true comfort that only you can bring. Heavenly Father, we continue to pray for all those impacted by the COVID crisis, for businesses suffering financial ruin, for families and friends who are separated by border restrictions, for those who are ill and for those who are fearful in the face of things that are completely out of their control. Lord, we again thank you for the assurance that you are the faithful God, keeping your covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love you and keep your commandments. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Indeed, it's wonderful to pray together. Isn't it wonderful the way different people lead us in, in their own gifts and abilities to pray together? Just bear with me as I get ready. <laughs> it's wonderful to see you all here this morning, and at the time we we have left, we're going to be. Um, Finishing off our preaching series on being anxious for nothing, uh, thank you for all of you who have sort of shared uh, how this particular preaching series has helped you in a particular way. I've had um, numerous messages, um, so it's been great that uh, we've sort of hit the mark there and have been impacting uh, one another's lives. And on that note, I thought being the last time uh, that we're going to be um, speaking on this this wonderful passage from Philippians. I thought it would be great at the end of our time together, if you have an experience or if you've had God do something in your life recently, maybe you might have a prayer need that is difficult or a struggle, you might have an experience in the past where you've seen God come through in possible ways. It might be an awesome opportunity for us at the end of this time and to wrap all this up to be sharing that with one another. Uh, as a church family that we might not just be about uh, one person preaching but about the family speaking to one another and to to share those things so as i'm as I'm speaking this morning uh, we're we'll praying that God might actually be stirring in your heart there might be a word that you have there might be a picture there might be something uh, in which you can share uh, with us as a church family so we've been concentrating on this passage from Philippians chapter 4, a passage where Paul is in prison. Uh, He could quite easily uh, say, well, I've got a reason to be anxious. I've got a reason to fear. I've even fear for my my life. And yet he writes to the, the church in Philippi with these most amazing, encouraging words. And I know we've been in this for five weeks now. So if the least outcome would be that you should know this off by heart by now, right? (laughs) It's good to memorise scripture, yes? It's great to memorise scripture and to have it with us. So let's read it together and if you feel like you have memorised it, you can close your eyes perhaps (laughs) as we read together. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. Lord Jesus, we just pray now that as we end this series and as we focus on your peace today, the peace that transcends all understanding, Uh, Lord, that you would speak to us. Uh, Lord, if there is anyone who's come into this space today with a great need, uh, a need to be touched by you, Lord, may your spirit just be at work amongst us right now as we open ourselves up to your word, as we open ourselves up to the, the possibility of you ministering to us, transforming us from the inside out. And, Lord, as we come together to share later on, if there's anything on our minds that is right to share we pray that you convict us of that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so just quickly a recap on where we've gone in this series. Uh, we've looked, the first week we simply said, we looked at the passage of the Lord is near. We're reminded that the, the very first thing to do when we're anxious, when we're worried, when we're fearful, is to know that we're not alone. Our God is with us. He is, he's come to make his, his home with us. His spirit is li- living with us. And so we need not fear, for he is with us in the battle. We sang about that this morning. So that's the the first thing. The second week, we looked at perspective, how Paul uh, couches his uh, need to not be anxious based on our rejoicing, our thankfulness rejoicing in what he has done. May we see uh, the cross and the empty grave as the lens through which we see our situations and may that give us a, a bolstered sense of, of joy and, and peace because we know that our hope is in him. We know that we have a, a secured future and therefore to not be uh, anxious and to let the troubles of this, this world impact us. So perspective is important. And then we looked at the the line, do not be anxious, and how it's not God's will for us. It's not his desire for us to to continue to live in the anxiety that we feel. We're so often weighed down. We're so often uh, immobilized by our fear. Uh, Anthony spoke about it this morning. There's this this fear around us and this fear and anxiety. It, It stops us from living the life that he's called us to live. So often we miss opportunities that he's got for us because we're so focused on or weighed down by the fear that is around us. And then we last, or well, two weeks ago, last week we had David Bland. He wasn't it great. Wasn't Dave Bland wonderful? And he really spoke also into this whole realm of being, uh, what, what do we do when we're disappointed? If you missed that, I really encourage you to, to podcast that one because that really fits in with where we've been going here. Um, but two weeks ago we talked about prayer and the importance of prayer and the power of prayer. In fact, I would want to encourage every one of us to be involved in the prayer night on Thursday night. Wouldn't it be great to gather as a church family and to be really focused on our prayer life together, to be belonging to him? And it says, present your requests to God. We discovered that that's about simply not like presenting our requests, but it's letting God know of our needs. It's, it's simple communication. These are our needs, Lord. And with p- petition, we're, we're appealing to a higher authority. We realise that we have no power to change our circumstances. But our God, who has won the battle and has all power and all victory, has the power to do something about it. So in prayer, we petition, we ask, we say, I'm not able to do it, Lord, you are, I ask you to do it. And then this week... We're simply looking at the line, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then at the end, He also says, "And the God of peace will be with you." So we're going to be looking at the nature of peace. And I know that uh, from this stage, we've, we've spoken a lot about peace, particularly at Christmas time. We we often uh, speak of uh, the biblical understanding of peace, and I think it's something that each and every one of us desires. Now, if you look in our society, uh, there's this striving for contentment, there's a striving for well-being, a striving for completeness. um, And what we're going to be discovering today is that can only be found in Christ, Uh, that that striving can only cease when we uh, surrender ourselves to Christ and allow him to come into our lives. So you might have come across all sorts of definitions of peace um, I came across this one, which I really love. Peace is not the absence of trials, but the presence of Jesus. Isn't that great? It's not the absence of trials; it's the presence of Jesus. In fact, some people might um, uh, say, "Well, peace is just like absence of conflict. Peace, like we say, there's war time and then there's peace time. Peace time is where there's where everything's okay." And that's, that's true in a sense, but it's also not true because a biblical understanding of peace is that there's a peace in the midst of the conflict. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. It's, it's interesting, isn't it, that um, when we come to the end of our lives, in fact, probably 90% of tombstones have these words, RIP, don't they? Rest in peace. And it's this saying that kind of gives this feeling of, well, all of life, we couldn't find it. All of life, there was this struggle and this and this longing for something that we, we couldn't find in the struggles and the hassles of, of, of our world. And now that this life is owner, finally, we can actually obtain what we've been searching for and longing for. That's kind of what that rest in peace implies, doesn't it? That, ah, oh, finally you can now find the peace that you've been yearning for and longing for in your life. Now, as Christians, we know that peace isn't just something that is there at the end. It's peace is something that Jesus has won for us. Jesus is the Prince of Peace who has come to reconcile us to our Father and to make peace with God. And this is a wonderful thing. And um, so it's not a sense of, of striving and, and longing for peace and only having it at the end of our times. In fact, H.G. Wells says, here I am at 65 still looking for peace, going through his, his life still longing for um, that peace. When I was uh, probably about five years ago, I, I admit that my prayer life um, probably isn't all all that it should be, um, and I felt really convicted to be, be praying for myself and, and praying over my family more, and the way that I did this was I found five, uh, three Ps which I could constantly pray for um, that would remind me of the things that, to be praying for, and number one was provision. Uh, I would be praying that the Lord would continue to provide for our family, not just financially, but in, in terms of um, you know our health and, and all of that sort of thing and, and food and and just the, the provision that he has for us. Second thing was protection. Oh, Lord, I'd pray that you'd protect myself and protect our family, uh, particularly as we, we step up in leadership and the attacks of the enemy will want to come against us. We'd, we'd pray for protection. And the third thing was peace. I pray for peace over myself and my family. and By by that, I meant a sense of contentment, a sense of it's okay. Whatever situation we find ourselves in, whatever situation my children find themselves in, whatever work they end up doing, that they would find peace in that, that they would find a sense of settledness. Uh, in their life, that there wouldn't be this striving, there wouldn't be this longing for, for something that they can't obtain. So there you go. If you're struggling with prayer, I'll, I'll give you that one for free. You can take that one home. I won't take any royalties from it. Three Ps that you can be praying for, his provision, his protection and his peace. In fact, I was sharing this with David, David Bland when I first started doing it. And I said, I saw this come true. I was praying for protection over my family. We've got this trampoline at home and it's got a net on it and the kids jump on it and bounce into the net. And uh, I think it was Jasper, I'm pretty sure. We had the, the door the, to the net open and he was bouncing off the walls and I watched him and he bounced and he went flying through the net And uh, and we have our trampoline on bricks. And he landed pretty much flat on his head into the bricks and I thought, first of all... There's a trip to the hospital at least. Uh, but there might be some serious damage here. And he just got up and got back on the trampoline and kept jumping. And it felt like the spirit said, there you go. You prayed for protection over your children and I, pr- I protected him there. Um, so there's, there's three, three pieces. What is a, a, a biblical definition of peace? What does it mean for peace? The, the Old Testament we have this, this word shalom. And in the New Testament, we have this word, "irene," which really means at oneness or wholeness. Um, Being set at once again, being set at one again, that's really kind of what this means. And if you like a picture version of that, if you think of something like a brick wall, and someone's making a brick wall, but as they make it, there's some bricks that are missing. It's, it's, it's got holes in the brick wall. What the, the, word, the biblical word for peace means is that there's brokenness. There's, there's a sense of unwholeness. It's uncompleted. It's, it's not as it should be. And what peace is is when those bricks are put in place and it's, and it's flat and it's completed. So that's the, that's the picture of peace that the Bible speaks of why it says, at one again, or whole, or complete. So when we're longing for the peace that that God gives us, it's a longing for for wholeness and completeness, like the brick wall is, is completed and it's finished. And we know that in life, everyone is longing for peace. We see it in the world around us. We see it by people looking for peace in all the wrong places and trying to fill that hole in the wall with all sorts of things whether it be other substances whether it be relationships whether it be things but none of those things actually fit and the biblical understanding of being of having peace is that jesus actually comes and is those pieces that that make us complete and make us whole and so first and foremost off the bat if you don't have a full relationship with Jesus. if you have come perhaps searching and longing uh, if you're watching this later on or you're listening to it in the car on a podcast and, and you've been been come to this this podcast and you're listening to this you might be searching and longing for wholeness, searching and longing for peace, searching and longing for something to fill those brick holes in your life. It can only be found in the Lord Jesus. And our first step is to say yes to him and to invite him into our lives and to, to understand the full salvation that comes from, from him. So when we look at this passage in Philippians, I just want to bring out four points. Um, I know, I'm sorry, I'm going through. God's peace, first of all, is a gift it is god's peace it is not your peace it is not someone else's peace it is not the world's peace it is god's peace and because it is god's peace he gifts us his peace we cannot find as i just said cannot find this peace in things or in people or in relationships or in substances It's a peace of God that we cannot find anywhere else. It's a unique peace. In fact, uh, Jesus himself says in John chapter 14, (laughs) there we go. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So here Jesus distinguishes the peace that he gives from a peace that the world gives. Uh, the peace that the world gives might be a peace that looks like this, sitting on a desert island under a palm tree, drinking pina colada, watching the sunset. Yeah, that, that's, that's peace, and we all long for that. <laughs> that's a peace that the world might give. The peace that Jesus gives is a peace that is contrast to that, in that you can experience that in the midst of the turmoil and trouble. It says, do not be troubled, do not be afraid. In fact, uh, in, in John, in another part, he says, peace I give to you, don't be afraid for I have overcome the world. So first of all, it is a gift. It is a gift that he gives to us. Second, God's peace protects Says, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, we know that in most of our anxiety and worries, it's all in the mind, isn't it? It's all internalized as we talk over the things that are happening in our world, the things that are of concern to us. Um, so, our mind needs protecting from the threat of anxiety and worry and fear. But even more so, I want to say our hearts. For our minds can be argued with and rationalised with and and can be changed. But I think if we ever lose heart, if we ever lose heart, we lose hope. And, And more so do our hearts need to be protected from the arrows of this world that would come and want to bring us down. They would want to come and rob us of the life that Jesus has won for us. For our our minds, we can wrestle and go back and forth. But if it ever grows roots and and happens in our hearts, then we've got to really look out for that. And we've got to look out for one another when we see it it, uh, growing into and, and impacting our hearts. Our hearts and our minds need protecting so much. It's a picture, if you like, of the ancient world of, uh, uh, of a castle with uh, big walls that, to protect its inhabitants. Uh, Joe and I were, were very blessed when uh, Skylar was 10 months old. We got to go to Italy and France and the UK, and we came across uh, this walled city in Italy. A medieval walled city, there you go, might be what Jericho might have been like. And this goes all the way around this little village and that's, that's Skylar up there on, on top of the walls as we walked around. And, and what was really interesting was um, that in the middle of that, that um, walled village really, it wasn't really a city, <laughs> it was just a little country village, there was cafes and there was houses. And it was so peaceful and serene. And we had lunch sitting out on, you know, Mediterranean weather, eating beautiful Italian food. And it was blissful. It was, it was beautiful. And, and the picture that we have here about God's peace protecting is a bit like that picture that we experience. Be longing to be in communion with Christ, to be eating and drinking with him in the wonderful surrounds of an Italian village in the Mediterranean sunshine. And all the while, we know that hope and peace is protecting us, that there's this walled city around us, and the garrisons and the soldiers are doing their job uh, keeping the enemy away to enable us to experience this peace. Peace to experience this relationship uh, with Jesus. And that's what God's peace does. When it comes, it protects us um, and it enables us to be in communion with Jesus amidst all that is happening around us. In fact, I came across this quote by A.T. Pearson, the peace of God is that eternal calm which lies far too deep in the praying, trusting soul to be reached by any external disturbances. It's the peace that is there deep in the soul, deep in the communion of relationship with Christ that can't be reached by external disturbances. So it protects. And God's peace doesn't make sense. I thought about how I did this point and I thought, that's probably the best way to put it. It just doesn't make sense. We can't comprehend it. We can't understand it. In fact, Paul says it transcends all understanding. Now, I don't know about you, but as you grew up, perhaps you grew up in, in the, the faith as a, as a young person and as, as people sort of speak spiritual truths or scripture, perhaps they'll be praying it and they, and they pray out certain lines of scripture And it sort of becomes part of your vocabulary, doesn't it? Um, as, as, as you simply speak the things of God and the things of scripture. And, and sometimes as a young kid, you just kind of say it and think about it without actually going, well, what does that actually mean? And you find yourself actually saying it. For me, this was definitely one of those, those passages. It transcends all understanding. It's like as a young kid, you're like, it's like some kind of up there, just transcending up above the clouds. It's like, what does that? What does that mean? In fact, some um, translation says it surpasses knowledge. That what it means in the, the original language is that there is this sense of it being above reason, being above the norm, it not being the normal experience, holding it above that. And so when it comes to God's peace, it's something we actually can't intellectualise, something we can't reason. We can't get our our um, graphs out and our, our spreadsheets and, and make, make sense of it because it's something that doesn't actually make sense. In fact, the Bible speaks a lot of things of God that are too good too vast to actually understand. If we look at 2 Corinthians, it talks about God's uh, grace. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace of God that he's given to you. And then he speaks about that grace. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. It's, un- it's indescribable. We can't-, can't fathom it, his grace. In Isaiah, it talks about the ways of the Lord, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord's, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. You think about all the things that you can imagine, and his ways are beyond that, outside the realm of human construct. And his love in Ephesians, to know his love that surpasses knowledge, there's that same phrase surpasses understanding, surpasses knowledge. I love this in the, the NLT. I've been really getting into the NLT lately. May you experience the love of Christ it is too great to understand fully. The love of Christ is too great to understand. It doesn't make sense that he would want to come and give his life up for me, a sinner, and expect nothing in return. So his peace doesn't make sense. It's not rational. Um, and I was thinking about this: why? Why is it? Does it transcend understanding? Why doesn't it make sense? And I was thinking about some of the things that might cause anxiety in our lives. And when we think about how that affects us and what the norm would be, what we'd expect our situation to happen, you can kind of understand that it doesn't make sense. In fact, let's just talk about some of the things that might cause anxiety. I think every single one of us um, thinks about our health, thinks about our body, what we eat, how we exercise because we want to be healthy. And so there's this constant uh, thinking about that or we have a, a niggle in our knee or, or a pain in, in our side and we're like, what's that? And it causes worry and, and concern. Got any young people who are at school here or uni? No, they're all out. That's all right. we can still do it anyway. Um you might um, go to school. Now, when I was at school, there was this thing called homework that was kind of an optional thing. <laughs> well, in my mind, it was optional. Um, but, but it seems like today that people are doing, kids are doing homework more and they're doing more learning at home in homework than they are at school. There's this pressure to be doing more and more and more and more. Or, or that might be your situation if it's a university or some other other thing. Uh, And if you're not at school then obviously, hopefully uh, you've you've found work or there might be the sense of not finding work and that being stressful. There might be a sense of even in your work trying to keep up to a certain um, level in order to keep your work Uh, and you know, contesting against other people who might be better than you and there's this constant worry and and striving in, in your work and then there's the issue of things that are going on in our family, whether that be uh, whatever stage of life. You, you might uh, not have any children, and it's, and it's what's happening with your parents uh, as they're, they're ageing. If, if you've got children, it's, it's how they're growing up, and, and you're, 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 you're fearful about what this world you're bringing them into and, and what life they're going to lead. Um, and so there's all these things that are just causing um, you to, to be stressed. And there's for those of us who are married. As it, as it, marriage takes work, doesn't it? Um, or for those who perhaps were married and you're now grieving the loss of marriage. That causes stress. If you don't have uh, that, then there's, there's definitely relationships in your life that... Um, uh, are there that that you're needing to keep up with how about this one this is something I think that's something in our western world that we we really stress over are we going to be financially stable are we going to be able to to lead the lifestyle that we live and there's constant pressure to make sure that we've got the right super or we've got our investments down pat, so that when the world crashes, we're going to be okay. What about this one? Well, <laughs> it's funny that that one fell over. Church stuff. When, when, when we become part of a church family, we don't just sort of turn up and rock up. Well, hope that's not the case, but we want to be involved and we want to um, share the gifts that we have and, and be the body of Christ. And so there's this pressure to be Involved in certain ministries, in in certain cleaning rosters. Um, Things like that. Thank you. Just put that one in there. (coughs) This one's a real real one and something that people often don't talk about. Our temptations. Temptations often rob us of life. Think about it. thinking about what temptation is like. If you think about a computer that's got 25 programs open, it's, its memory, its ability to process goes down. Temptation's a bit like that. When we've got all of these tabs open, it, it's, it's, it's robbing us of our energy in our life because it's, it's drawing energy away as we're being tempted rather than, than living the life that he has. Now, I've got one here that's a big stress, I'll be honest, for me, and it's a calendar. Sometimes, as we look at all that we've got on, it can be so stressful. I've got a picture of Jo's calendar here for August. Thanks, Joe, I just didn't tell you about that one. <clears throat> and this is her um, arrangements. <laughs> uh, I've got one of June. Check out that one. That one's now. I just look at that and I just stress out. That 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 causes anxiety for me as I think about all that we have from all all the soccer practices, um, all of I'm just have to get back. Sorry, um, all of the ballet practices, all of the church commitments, all of everything. And then uh, Anthony spoke about this this morning as we look at the world around us. And the trouble and the strife, the evil, causes great stress and our heart goes out to people. In fact, I got a message um, email this week um, of a friend who has a friend who works uh, in a house church network in Afghanistan. It's a a network of of house churches that are underground and, and are meeting together. And they received a letter this week from the Taliban that said, we know where you live and we know what you do. This wonderful network of churches in, in that place. <laughs> Got to be careful where I put this next one. Um, <laughs> future planning, I don't mean about making babies, because uh, <laughs> that's kind of good. Um, no, I mean, I mean thinking about our future. Right? So, <laughs> sorry to make you laugh. Thinking about our goals, our five-year plan, our ten-year plan, where do I want to be, what, what trajectory do I want to take, How, where do I want to go. That's, that's another thing that's just causing pain and strife. I'm going to put this one on here because this is big for me. <laughs> you can go away. Thank you restrictions on this you can do that you can't do that my t- children now have to postpone their birthday parties can't do this now it's changed we planned for this for the church quiz night's postponed go away it's causing me stress and the last one I want to suggest that each and every one of us has the big one there's <laughs> it's not going to stick on my head <laughs> Every single one of us, whether it be that, that call from the doctor or worried about our children as they make huge impacts on their life that are going to affect their future, whether it be the fear of losing a loved one or having lost a loved one, everyone's got a big one. Everyone's got something in them that is that big one, that is so hard and that is so controlling and that is always there. And I want to suggest that each and every one of us has that big one. So why doesn't God's peace make sense? If a stranger was to walk in the door right now and to look at me, (laughs) number one, they'd think, what on earth is going on here? But if I was to describe, as I've just done, all the things and there's many more, that have the potential to cause anxiety and fear and worry in my life. And I was to say that that's my condition. A stranger walking in would say something like this, there's no hope. There's, there's nothing that can fix that. Maybe apart from death. Rest in peace, then, you, then that'll fix it. Right? Right? Situation seems so hopeless. There is nothing that can be done. That's why God's peace doesn't make sense. Because when you look at all this, you think it does seem hopeless. Yet when we pray and we give these things over to God, the peace of God that doesn't make sense comes. And it guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And we can't understand it. We can't make sense of it. Can't comprehend it. And yet it's what he gives us and what is available to us. It doesn't make sense. And then finally, sorry, Jake. God's peace is received. Now I was thinking about how to do this last point. I was actually thinking about saying God's peace is conditional But I thought people might ring up the heretic (laughs) police on me. So that's not very biblical. I want to explain what I mean by conditional or received. You see, when, when Paul talks about peace in this passage, there's a conjunction in the sentence. And it's a big and. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was in school... I did pay attention in some bits in English. They said you shouldn't start a sentence with and or but. Now you can, but but you shouldn't. And what we've done with the original writings of Scripture is we've tried to make it easy to comprehend and to, to make easy to memorize and things like that. Now this would have been just one long big sentence in the original Greek, and we've gone along and put full stops and verse numbers and everything in it. So it would have said, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding. It, it flows on. There's, there's not a stop. There's not a gap. We don't start the verse with, the peace of God's going to come on you. I'm going to just pray for the peace of God. The peace of God comes as a as a, as a result of, as a, as a benefit of prayer, We talked about the benefits of prayer a few weeks ago, and I left this one out because I wanted to do it this week. A benefit of giving our anxiety to God because he cares for us, a benefit of that is that out of that transaction, we receive God's peace. In the process of prayer, in the process of giving over to God, presenting our requests with thanksgiving, with rejoicing, Petitioning God. As as we release that, he gives us his peace. He gives us his peace. In fact, Andrew, do you mind coming up here? Andrew, you're going to play the part of Jesus today, so I think, I think you can handle that part quite well. Jesus says, My peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. I give not as the world gives. Do not fear. And so if I've got all of these things and I'm holding them in my hands and I'm, I'm burdened by them, I'm concerned by them, it might take a while. See, I think one of the things many of us do is go, okay, I'm going to pray to God and give him my needs. And we go, yeah, you can have the church stuff. Yeah, thanks. But I'm still holding all this stuff. And even if I give him, oh, you can have school and work and maybe some world news. Pray, we'll, we'll pray together for our world news. But I'm not going to give him this one. I'm going to hold on to this because I'm going to try and control it myself. I'm going to keep control of these things, and maybe even, maybe even we give him everything, but we've still got the big one. When we're holding all of these things, and Jesus' gift is free, just like every gift He gives us, it's up to us to reach out and to receive it, to take hold of it, to obtain it. Pass me the gift, Jesus. It was like, well, um, I can't actually take it because I'm holding all this stuff. I'm holding all these things and I can't actually receive the gift of peace because all these things are holding me down. That's what Paul's saying, what prayer does. As we make our requests to God, as we let him know of our needs, so what it means to cast all of our anxiety on him, what it means to give him our burdens, is, Jesus, will you take that? Because I am I have no control, I have no power. I can't do anything about those circumstances. And now that I've given those to him, I'm free and have a hand free to receive the gift of God that he has for me, the gift of peace for each and every one of us. Thanks, mate. It's a peace that doesn't make sense. It's a peace that is a gift. It's a peace that protects. It's a peace that we receive when we give over to him. Um, I skipped a bit about when it doesn't make sense. Um, Judy, I hope hope you don't mind me sharing this, but... um, Many of us were great friends of of Dave Potter and I had the pleasure of having communion and and prayer with him uh, in his last weeks and it was a very special time. It was a time that I'll remember forever. But as I walked away from that time, something struck me and that was David had a peace that transcended understanding. You could see it in his eyes. When there was something that had the possibility of completely robbing him of life of being completely overwhelmed by fear of the unknown he was a man who had faith and you could see it in his eyes he had a peace he had a peace that he knew who his saviour was, he knew where he was going and I was so um, taken back by that experience that I was walked out of that, that house goes my prayer is that I would emulate that that I too would have a peace in my life that whatever came my way when it looked like there was no hope that the peace would just not make sense but it would be there and it would transcend all understanding I'm going to invite the music team up we're going to sing a song that says I need you Lord, I need you every hour I need you and I want to just suggest there might be one of these things two of these things, maybe all of these things that you've walked in the door this morning with there might be news this week that has created one of these ones for you one of the most wonderful things about living in a church family and and having worship time together is we believe that God is here. We believe that his spirit is at work amongst us. We believe that just with one touch of the spirit you can be transformed and a life can be changed. I'm going to pray that you might want to come humbly and offer up your request to God this morning, that there be something on your heart that's holding you back, holding you down. Maybe you're longing for that peace that transcends understanding. As you as you walk out of here into the, the unknown, you want to just walk with that peace that guards your hearts and your minds in Christ, knowing that nothing can, can rob you of that. As we sing this song, I invite you to stand. Let's stand now. You might want to close your eyes, you might want to lift your hands as an act of receiving peace, as you hold your hands out. Maybe you might want to see what you're holding in your hands. Are you holding one of these things that causes pain and, and strife? Maybe God needs to reveal to you what it is that you are holding. Maybe you're even unaware of it. And that as we sing you'd see yourself giving that thing to Jesus. He is here and he longs to take hold of your burdens. As the one who has all the power and authority, who upholds the whole world in his hands, and he, yet he loves you. And he loves you enough to want to give you his free gift of peace this morning. So as we sing, Lord Jesus, we just invite you here. Lord, we ask for your spirit to move. Lord, for those hidden things in our lives that are burdens, as we offer them up with our hands open, may we see you take hold of them and look into our eyes and say, I love you, child. You do not fear, for I have overcome the world. And the peace I give to you, I give as not the world does. So do not fear, do not be troubled, my child. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So as we sing this, we pray that you do that. You might even want to just come down the front and kneel. You might want to sit in your seat. You might want to do whatever you feel right. And then as we finish up this song, there might be something on your heart that you want to share. There might be something that as you've, gone through this series, that there's something that's burning in your heart, that you just want to share an experience, a word, a picture, something in your heart, feel free to do that.
2: Like Sam said, if there's something that uh, you're feeling would be a real encouragement for the rest of us to hear, something that God's done in your life that you'd just be able to share just briefly, we'd love for you to come forward and, and share that with us now. So feel free, if that's you, just come right down the front here and I'll hand the microphone over to
3: you. when we were praying then I just had the picture of sinking sand quicksand and how that feels like it just just sucks us down and what anybody would do in that situation would be to reach out their hand and what the Lord promises to do in his word is to put our feet on a firm foundation so we don't have to live feeling like we're wading through quicksand or that that big one situation is actually holding us down and weighing us down and pulling us down There's nothing in Scripture that says that we'll be suffocated by any trouble in this world, that as believers and followers of Jesus, that Jesus has promised to set our feet on a firm foundation. So if you're feeling like you're being sucked down, just that pressure and lack of control, what the Lord needs us to do is, as Sam was saying, to reach out because He is stronger than any situation that we're struggling with and the foundation that he puts us on is completely secure for all of eternity. What a beautiful promise that is, that we've got nothing to fear in this world and that's not to undermine any of the situations that we know are real. But in our heart, that peace that he gives us is eternal and it's for every situation, any situation, and that one on one relationship with Jesus, when it talks about walking in step with the Spirit, is actually work, walking with a firm foundation each step and not succumbing to all that the world would be screaming at us as a contrast to that. And the other picture I've had for the last few weeks is um, just that word from the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> He's not a tame lion. And I'm not sure right now how that fits in with all that Sam's been saying. But just in this whole series, he is powerful. Jesus is bigger. And perhaps for some of us, we've minimised and we've got that pussycat version of Jesus happening in our lives. And yet, if you're succumbing to anxiety and worry and fears in your daily walk... Jesus is not a tame lion. He has overcome. He's the lion of Judah. So, can we just pray? Is that okay? Lord, we thank you that in your death on the cross, you did more than we can possibly imagine. You paid the price You promised to take on yourself our sins, our suffering, our pain, our worries. And at the cross is the great exchange. All of our burdens for your joy and your peace and your comfort. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in our lives. Be Lord of our lives. May we walk from this place, not in fear and trembling, not in weariness and weakness, but with your power, your strength, your authority, your comfort. And Lord, I pray for each of us here. None of us would be honest if we said that we don't worry and we don't have anxiety. And each of us need to come to you and receive that gift of peace that protects and comforts. We thank you for that in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
2: Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Carol.
4: Before I became a Christian, or not before I became a Christian, before I was born again, um, I made a decision in agreement with my husband that we would have no more children after number three. And I had surgery uh, to make sure that that would happen. And then after giving my life to Christ in a new way, three years later, I then became extremely fearful over this child that we had who was the only boy after two girls and I was getting very anxious about it and uh, I did ask for the Lord's forgiveness for making a decision like that without asking him and then I heard a sermon at uh, Seaton Family Church and the uh, preacher spoke about the thing that we hold in our right hand that is so important to us that we won't let go of it And we hold on to it in fear or need to control. And uh, he said to to us all that day, what is it in your right hand that you need to surrender to the Lord? And I knew straight away that it was my son, Mark. And then the tension and fear really ramped up because I thought, oh, if I do that, what's he going to do to test my faith? And uh, I sat on the edge of my bed. It took me a while to get to that stage. But I sat on the edge of my bed and I gave... Mark to him and uh, thanked him for him and just handed him over and I had this amazing picture of Mark walking off with Jesus hand in hand and in this glorious light and uh, out of the three of my children he's the one that is still going on with the Lord and has a Christian family and Christian marriage and it just reminded me again of how good God is and that his plans are the absolute best they can be for us. And with all our fears, he wants only good for us and that we can trust him with our most precious things and the things that we fear most we can give to him confidently.
2: Thank you, Carol. Yeah, come forward if you've got something to share.
5: Thanks, Sam, for that encouragement. I've um, just... Hello, everyone. I'm Peter. I'm new here. Uh, I've just had um, eight weeks, uh, 39 days of treatment for some of the common things that men have these days. And uh, I just wanted to share that it was a very um, fearful sort of experience for me to go into. I've never had anything like it before. And right at the very beginning, I was given a scripture, and it was from God. It was Isaiah 26.3, which I personalised, and I said it every day while I lay on the table for the treatment. And it was simply this. As I say, I personalised it. I will give you perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And there were other scriptures then I learnt to quote over that time. And it was an incredibly good experience. And Friday was my last treatment day. And I had to say to all the ladies and nurses that were looking after me, I have mixed emotions. <laughs> I've enjoyed the moments that I've been able to pray for each one and also to um, just... Um, learn more and more scriptures. And my uh, oncologist said to me, so will you keep this discipline up now it's all over? I said, that's the intent. Thank you.
2: Thank you you for sharing. Just as we close today, I just want to remind you that we do have the prayer room open after the service and people are there willing to pray. And um, when Sam was going through these different areas of our lives i could just see um people were thinking wow like you know i i I give this area over to god but maybe there's another area which it would be helpful for you to to pray with somebody about today so i encourage you to do that and uh yeah so that's the end of our service and thank you to those who shared it's always encouraging to hear from others well god bless you have a wonderful day and uh go in the peace of god amen
3: So teach my song to rise to you When temptation comes my way And when I cannot stand